Hello, and welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. This episode will be a little kickstart to a series we'll be doing off and on about book trips. Although there are tons of different book trips, for today we're just going to cover four that are pretty generic. <laughs> and uh, before we get started, make sure to follow us on our Instagram at WeBookedIt. And uh, now, on to the episode. What is a trope? According to Google, it is used for describing common, commonly reoccurring literary and rhetorical devices, motifs, or cliches in creative works. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> Alright, so like this is an element of a story that is overused to the point where it sometimes comes across as cliche. So it could be a theme or even a circumstance within the story. So the four tropes specifically that we'll be covering in this episode will be dystopia, the chosen one, the protagonist's parents are dead, or as we'll probably call it the entire time, my parents are dead, yeah. and the protagonist is an outsider. All right, so the first trope is dystopia or the non-utopia. So what is it? Basically, the author takes one issue about our society, or many of them, and basically cranks them up to create a horrible world that readers would hate, but also secretly want, to live in. <laughs> <laughs> and these issues include things like what a ruling body without limitations looks like, uh, the idolization of beauty, and uh, personality traits that lead you to become part of one of four factions or fall outside of the system. <laughs> stuff like that so the meaning behind it so like it's this whole commentary on society by the author which kind of like whoa yeah but anyway so they're showing us aspects about our world like how they view them and some like potential dangers we're facing which i think it's it's a very well-loved trope mm -hmm. you see it like everywhere but like whether you admit it or not we all kind of fantasize about being there being like the last one standing yeah. um, we like to be the heroes, mm -hmm. so, and, like, kick butt, so we we read those stories a lot. Bonkers to me. <laughs> um, another one is Divergent, where people are divided into specific types or factions. Very limited that there's only four of them. Yeah, and there is four. Four or five? No, there's four. Is there? Di there's like not divergent no, dauntless like, erudite erudite uh the one where they were in the fields with the flowers that's what i remember candor probably that like, one i think candor amnity and the fifth one that they're actually where tris starts off in so there's there's oh five. no there is five still abnegation abnegation there still is there's okay it's still very very it's, limited yes absolutely okay. it's my either point stands. you fall into one of these specific types or you don't and you fall off the grid basically and at like the age of 16 you have to pick where you belong it's like college <laughs> pretty much like that's another i think that's very classic i don't know if that's just me um, and then another one, The Fifth Wave, which we talked about in episode two, if you yeah. want more on that. Yeah. Where aliens are basically picking people off one by one. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And uh, lastly, uh, the series called Uglies. When uh, people are a certain age, they're made beautiful by plastic surgery. Oh. 
Yeah. I've never heard of Uglies, so. It's it's pretty good. It's uh, weird, but. Sounds it. Yeah. (laughs) And what about you? So, my uh, example is the Scorched series. Um, It's kind of a different take on dystopias, because the current setting of the book isn't in the dystopia. The dystopia is in the future. Oh. So the main character um, gets a dragon egg. Um. (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) Good start. You know, that thing that's so common, dragon eggs. Yeah. But like in the modern world, a dragon egg. That's crazy. And these two twin brothers from the future time travel in order to try and like stop this dystopian future that they are currently in where like dragons have like taken over the surface world oh because of the dragon egg (laughs) and everyone has to live underground because like the land is scorched Mm -hmm. up on top and the dragons will kill you Mm, okay wow yeah that actually sounds like very interesting to me it's a trilogy that i never finished (laughs) This second book made me sad, okay? Okay, fair. Um, I will finish it one day. Alright, and uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on these tropes? I like a good dystopian novel. Um, I don't read them all too often, because a lot of times what I'm trying to do is find books that get me away from our current reality. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting how like a dystopian can take you away from current reality and put you in a reality that's very similar and seemingly possible, mm-hmm. but still hopefully totally not possible. Right. It's just quite interesting how it does that. But uh, mm-hmm. what about you? I love me a good dystopian. Of course like, you do. The Hunger Games and Divergent are what got me into reading. And I <laughs> maybe I just like fantasizing about a world worse than what I live in. <laughs> like, oh yeah, at least I don't have to kill someone. To survive. That's always nice. Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm being humbled, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, and I also enjoy, like, dystopians fall within many different genres in and of themselves, and so they can become many different things. And I think how an author destroys the world in their book is a show of their creativity as, mm-hmm. like, what they write. And the example is like Suzanne Collins in The Hunger Games. Like, it's a gruesome idea, but it's also inspired from real wars and real parts of our history. Yeah. Which is just insane to me. So that's the kind of dystopian novel I enjoy, but also like I can't I can't do the dystopian worlds where like love and sex are the focus. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like the matched trilogy. Which, I don't know if you know anything about that, but... Nope. Just, like, stuff like that. Where it's, like, all controlled and it's, like... It's just overdone. And we still kind of live in that world where things are controlled and... Yeah. You know, not as bad, but... (laughs) (laughs) So the next trope is the chosen one. So what is this trope? Well, it could be anything along the lines of... Alas, a wee Bobby is born into us and they have the mark. Or the prophecy has stated that the child, blah, 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 fill in the blank with whatever. Or circumstances throw them into being the only person strong enough to destroy the forces of evil. So, you know, that kind of stuff. The meaning behind it, uh, I can't speak for everyone, but I mean, I like to envision myself as a chosen one. 
the main character. The main character. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the main character. So, uh, it's definitely, like, a play on fate. Like, are our lives predetermined for us? Or do the choices we make help us, like, help guide us to where we eventually end up? Kind of like Merida. Mm-hmm. Do you want to change your fate? <clears throat> so, where does this uh, trope show up? So, in the books I've read, it shows up in Keeper of the Lost Cities with Sophie, The Black Witch Chronicles with Ellerin, Scorched with Trinity, um, the Ever After series with Rory, the Eon series with Iana, and then the Mirror Visitor series with Ophelia. And you? And what I've read, Fruits Basket, Toru, uh, Katniss from The Hunger Games, um, being like the main face for the revolution. Yeah. I think that's more heavily implied in the movies, but still holds true in the books. And I know for sure, like, Harry Potter, which I've never read. I haven't either. Like, I read the first book, but that doesn't really mean anything. Like, that's a series that is big. Like, it's the first thing I think of when I think of this trope. Like, he's he was literally born with a mark. He's the only one who can take down Voldemort. The wee Bobby. Yeah, he's the wee Bobby. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what are our thoughts on this? So, like, what are your thoughts, Rose? How do you feel about this trope? There is a lot of variety in this trope. There's, like, the my actions made me into something I didn't ask to be. Like, you just kind of fall into it. Versus, like, there's a prophecy. There's a mark. Like, someone else's rules or whatever's going on has instigated this. And, like... I think that that's good. Like, it means, like, this can come across as cliche, but usually it doesn't just because of that variety. Yeah, I know, like, even, like, within the books I listed as examples, like, there's a ton of variety. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, with the Black Witch Chronicles, there's, with the Black Witch Chronicles, there is a literal prophecy. Right. Um, And then you have Scorch. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Like, if she hadn't had the dragon egg, future would have been different, but she had the dragon egg. Um, and then you have, like, the Ever After series, which is, it was fate for her. Right. But then, like, the last two, I really like the last two, which is Key for the Lost Cities and The Mirror Visitor, where they were literally, like, chosen or created mm-hmm. to solve this specific problem. Right. So, like, the variety, like, as you said, it can be cliche, but because there's variety within it, you can make it less cliche right. by choosing a different variation. Absolutely. It comes across different in, like... The book itself, the story, the genre is what makes it different, I think. Yeah. This next trope is probably an all-time favorite. (laughs) Okay, Rose. Comes comes up a lot. Is it my favorite? I don't know. But it seems to be an author favorite. (laughs) This one's called My Parents Are Dead. And you'll never guess what it's about. The main character's parents are dead. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There are just so many characters that have been created for books, movies, comics, or whatever else that have at least one parent dead. I feel like you could look at almost every major, like, Mm -hmm. advertised thing and figure out one of their parents is dead. Yeah. Like, The Hunger Games. Katniss. Yeah, like... Anything that is popular, almost one of their parents is dead. Which is an interesting take on society. Um, But, like, I guess 
there is somehow a meaning behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It can provide motivation. Um, definitely trauma. Every every good character needs trauma. Absolutely. So I guess you got to do that somehow and kill a parent. Yeah. yeah. All right. So where does this show up? What are some classic books that you've read where this trope shows up? Well, I can't say I've read any classic ones that many you, people would yeah, get. Yeah, you know. You know what I mean. What are some books you've read where <laughs> yeah. this shows up? <laughs> um, so The Continent uh, with Vela. We actually, in that book, you watch her parents die. <gasps> oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you get trauma with the main character. Perfect. Y- yeah. <laughs> um, A Skin Full of Shadows, which is another book. <laughs> that title. Oh my gosh. A Skin Full of Shadows. Hmm? it's really interesting the meaning behind it so the author of a a face like glass is the same off that's the same author um make peace make peace yep she's got dead parents (laughs) it's not funny (laughs) why am i laughing (laughs) um you've got the witchland series which basically every main character has at least one dead parent Mm. um Sophie's parents are dead because she was raised by her uncle. Adon's mom is dead. I don't remember the books ever mentioning Iswalt's parents, but that's just me. And I'm pretty sure Merrick's father dies in one of the books and that his mother was already dead. So they're all orphans. (laughs) Best of friends, orphan gang. (laughs) Um, Then there's Black Hearts with Anne. Her parents are dead. Um, The Folk in the Air series with Jude and Taryn. And then Dragon Keeper with Ping. Ping's such a great name. Okay, aside from all of my books with (laughs) so many dead parents, uh, what are some dead parents you've seen in books? (laughs) All right, well, Katniss, we already discussed. She has a dead father, died in the mines. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Never fails, parents are dead in a face like glass. Uh, The Lunar Chronicle series, uh, Cinder is adopted and... I mean, we already know her parents are dead, I guess. And then Fruits Basket, where Toru's parents are dead as well. So, so much death. What are, what are your thoughts on this, though, since there seems to be so much death? When I was first research, like researching and f- fleshing out my thoughts on this, I was like, does this add to the story? <laughs> and it does. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm just trying. I'm making things more difficult for myself, I guess. Because, like, I can see how dead parents are, they provide a variety of different situations and motivations for the main character. So it could be, like, the main character wants revenge because their parents died. Or um, it could just be to add to the disaster of what's their life and add trauma like we already touched on. And I think another point is the main character also has to find a new family. Like, for Neverfell, that was Brandable. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. And so you, I think it does add to the story. And I wouldn't say I enjoy it. I don't, I wouldn't want to see any of my loved ones, you know. In- you get used to it. <laughs> Yeah, 
but overall it's not like i'm tired of it 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 is cliche i think though it is like oh your parents no. uh, <laughs> like that's just like your parents are dead like that's a classic anime thing for sure oh yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, you can't be an anime character unless... No, no, you can't be an anime main character. Yes. You can't work any specific with the details. Or romance. Romantic yes. interest. You can't be either of those unless one of your parents is dead. Absolutely. So, I mean, once I find out a character has dead parents, unless they're constantly it's like whining about it... Yeah, bingo. I mean, it's pretty... It, it's easy for me to just move on. <laughs> And, like, get into their story. Cool. Parents dead. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, that's too bad. Aw, how unique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what are your thoughts on this? Um, so this trope, as you said, like, often leads to the found family trope, which right. I'm I'm here for mm-hmm. all the way. But um, that's, that's a trope for another day. Yeah. So, but, like... You know, it's not always the case. You can have found family with family alive, but it's just a little bit easier to find family when you have no actual, like, familial ties that are still alive. Yeah. It doesn't have to be blood. Yeah. It could be whoever comforts you, makes you feel safe. Yeah. Bonding. Um, overall, I would say it is very used. It's so used. You can find it in so many books. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can find it in any media. Oh, Yeah. It's not, it's like, like I've said, it's not even really unique and Mm -hmm. you can do this cliche in a really bad way. Mm -hmm. Like you said, if it's whining, Mm -hmm. bothersome. Yes. It it grinds my gears. (laughs) We get it. Your parents are dead. Move on. Right. Um, But like, (laughs) I think another way you can really mess up this trope is if that is the only motivation for the character. Yeah. I think, like, if it's just, like, I need to avenge my parents' deaths, it's Mm -hmm. a narrow kind of focus. Yeah, there's a little bit of disconnect there, I think. Because, like, in every example I've ever seen, it's like, oh, they avenge their parents' deaths, and then after that, it's like, well, now what? Like, what do you do after that? How are there five more books on this? Like, (laughs) how? (laughs) Funnily enough, none of the books I mentioned, none of the characters' goals are to avenge their parents. Yeah, that explains why you enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh-huh. But again, some of them weren't to blame. Vela's son's parents died in an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really avenge, a, like, a hot air balloon that's already exploded. Right. Just, like, accidents happen. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to avenge? The person who made the hot air balloon? <laughs> Well, she's stuck on the continent where people are at war, so she's gonna have a hard time getting back home. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think you can do this in a really good way if you show little aspects mm-hmm. of this. So, like, um, I read a book, and the character's parents were dead, and all she had left from her mother was this quilt that her mother had made for her. Mm. And she brings that with her, like, off to college, oh. and it gets burned. Oh. And it is heartbreaking mm-hmm. like because that was like the, one of the few things she had and everyone else like hated her at the time so they were all like laughing at her like crying over her blanket but like that's just one of the things where like if you highlight the little things you can show like it's not just my parents are dead i have to avenge them right. or my parents are dead boo boo um but it, it's little things and i think i really like that because like when you highlight those 
you add depth to this very surface level cliche a lot of the times. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that, of just, like, how you can use it to make your character look more than, make them look less flat, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. show that they have a heart and that they do care. And that they're not just whining about something. <laughs> yeah. And so, our very last trope is the outsider protagonist. So this one is, once again, most of these are pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, the protagonist is not like the other people in the book. I'm not like other girls. (laughs) That's what I think of every time. (laughs) Oh no. And so the meaning behind this trope is, like, the idea that uniqueness or distinctiveness can prove useful to solving problems that others don't see or can't fix because of whatever the reasons are yeah was that a grammatically correct sentence i don't know i don't (laughs) think it was okay but i i think it got the message across you know what as long as they understand they understand yeah and uh where does this show up in what you've read so um Six of Crows, every every main character in that book, pretty much different. <laughs> um, because they're also kind of the bad guys. It's good stuff. Um, a Face Like Glass, mm-hmm. Never Fell, literally an outsider. The Valiant, uh, Fallon, she is from, you know what, I don't quite know where she's from, I don't quite remember, but she goes to like Rome and she's not from Rome. So, right, okay. Yeah. okay. And then Iron Hunted Violet with Violet, I love her. And then, once again, the Dragon Keeper with Ping. And with you, any any additions? <laughs> I read the Spellcaster trilogy, which is about a girl who's a witch. And her parents got a divorce. And so his, <clears throat> her father moves them to, like, a small town. And where she's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Twilight. It sounds But like with Twilight. witches. <laughs> yeah. It's better, but not that good of a trilogy. And uh, she's it's a like... pretty LARP, but low bar. <laughs> LARP? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going off on a really random tangent there with LARP. <laughs> low bar. Yes, I agree. So, like, you know, step above. And it's not like she's shunned, but, like, she, she is different. And... Well, she's an outsider because it's a small town and people are like, woo, a new person. So, considering both of the books we've mentioned with this, you don't think too highly of Twilight and the series. What are your thoughts on this uh, trope as a whole? The trope as a whole? Oh, man. I mean, every time I think of it, I think of Twilight. And, like, maybe that's because the Cullen family are considered outsiders. Or maybe it's because of, you know, Bella coming to the small town or whatever. But I think that alone is why I associate some really bad cringe with this trope. Like, I can't get it out of my head. And all I can think about is, like, a main character getting bullied and thrown against the locker and, like, spit on because they're different. Like, that kind of, like nerd dumb stuff yeah <laughs> like uh you read books gross <laughs> and then sweet cute boy with blonde hair comes in and saves her it's like no <laughs> yes that, that kind of cringe 
So even though that's not always the case, like, I know this trope can be well done, but, like, I don't have any examples of that to pull from my reading repertoire. So I just think it's cliche at the moment. Well, if you ever want some good outsider protagonist, I have (laughs) The Six of Crows. Um, Yeah, I've heard good things about that. It is good. Very good. I would recommend. Is it an ongoing series? No, currently it's just a duology. Oh, okay. But there are, she does have other books within the same universe. So, yeah. Um, I love it. The main characters are all very different, but they break into the world's most secure prison. (laughs) Successfully. Alcatraz? (laughs) Their world, not our world. Oh. Um, Alcatraz in space. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They're also younger than us, so. How old? They're like 16, 17. I can't. And like 18. That's another thing we need to discuss is why every YA book is about a 16-year-old. They can't make decisions. They can't. No. I was 16 once. Yes. I couldn't do things. No. Still can't. (laughs) Still can't. I'm I'm 23 and I'm like, I can't decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. (laughs) Too bad you already did. I committed years to college. Beside that, um, like, I can't even commit to, like, breakfast. Like, what do I want for breakfast? Just don't eat breakfast, bro. <laughs> Just skip you that. You have quick, like, snappy solutions. I should keep you around. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so indecisive. And when it's my life, anyone else so, kick them out. Yeah, right. Man. Yeah. We're touching on some good points. True. Um, but anyway, continuing along. I can get how you see it's cringy, especially mm-hmm. with your view of it. But I think that's it shows how differently we view like this particular trope. Because mm-hmm. I didn't read Twilight. Yeah, never no. wanted to. Still don't. Lucky. <laughs> I didn't make that mistake, Rose. Yeah, make that mistake. Learn from my mistake, guys. Don't read Twilight. Ever. <laughs> Where but like period. <laughs> The books I've read that are outsider protagonists, like Six of Crows, are good. Mm-hmm. Um, Six of Crows is getting like a Netflix thing. Like that's how popular it's gotten. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. So like it's just, and I think your like definition definition of it mm-hmm. might be a little narrower than mine is. Yeah, I can see that. Because like I view it as like you're not just different from the people around you, but like you also it also applies to you if you don't live up to expectations that are put on you. Right. A face like glass is your, like, kind of stereotypical one where, like, literally, like, fish out of water story, kind mm. of. Um, that's not quite. But then, like, Ironhearted Violet is one where she's not an outsider. She's not different from other people. And, like, she likes books, but it's not like, oh, my gosh, she's a, she likes right. books. We need yeah. a big, strong man to come save her. <laughs> Another thing we could talk about. <laughs> different trope, different day. Yeah. Um, but, uh... It's more like people expect things because she's a princess and they're like, mm. they expect princesses to be pretty, but mm. she doesn't live up to the ideal standard of beauty. Mm. So I can, I would consider that like outsider protagonist simply because she's not living up to their expectations and she's kind of getting shunned for it in a sense. Okay. Well, my eyes have been open to this trope. Yeah. Or maybe I'm viewing it as too broad. I mean, that's the thing about tropes. Like, I think there are no clearly defined lines. It's all gray. Yeah, it's all meshed in. 
a continuum of sorts. It's on a spectrum. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a spectrum. There are many stories that have many tropes, and some do it well, some don't. <laughs> Absolutely. like <laughs> I think it's also the reader that helps define yeah. the boundaries of the trope. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it from us today. So thank you for listening. Uh, Remember, like Rose said at the beginning, uh, go to our Instagram and follow us to see like any book covers we may have mentioned or just like keep updated with the podcast and news. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. As for now, we we gotta book it. We're good at that. Oh. Um. Okay. Is this working? Is it record? Oh! <laughs> Is it better than what we've excluded you? Do <laughs> I hope so. Ostracized you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Have we succeeded in creating a stable environment? Where <laughs> My I- audio is just too good now. <laughs> people I like are dead. Oh, not, well, not people I like are dead. People mm-hmm. I don't like are dead. And that yeah. is the only good way to have it. You can tell a reader from a non-reader. You can say, someone died, and they're like, do we like them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of We Booked It. Today's episode is kind of a really fun one, where, like, we don't really know what's going to happen. No. We're going to look at some different book covers just from wherever, and talk about the covers, talk about what we think the story's about, just see where the cover takes us really we're gonna go off the cuff with this one yeah so and uh before we get started remember to follow us on instagram at we booked it (laughs) to see the covers that we talk about today and just get updates about the podcast so what do you want to start with you have a whole bunch of pictures that you have already taken yeah i just i just happen to take pictures of books Right. Honestly, a little strange. In my this, <laughs> this one's called Sign Language by Amy Ackley. Is that what it says? Yes. Okay. I wonder what it's about. <laughs> I have the description up, too. Oh, you do? Where are you? I don't know. Right here. There you go. Can you see it? Oh, it's an actual, like, novel. Oh, wow. You read oh. the description and it's like, main character's father is dying from cancer. Oh! It's not about sign language at all. Wait, what? No! That, I took- Are you kidding me? No! I'm not! Like, there's no deaf people in it that I know of. I've never read it, but just reading the synopsis. Why the heck would you call it sign? Especially, it's it's literally just called sign language. So you're like, ah, a book about sign language. Mm-hmm. And but it's actually a fiction book. I was wondering what and that eight ball had to do with sign right, language. Right, like there's an eight ball on the cover. A girl's hands with like chip nail polish holding an eight ball. Like, I don't understand. It was published. She's in- twelve though, right? Yeah. That explains mm. the eight ball. Children are. Children are. They're strange. Can't predict them. No. And it was published in 2011. Whoa. 
It has 900, not 900, 392 pages. Of no sign language. No sign language. What does a dying dad of cancer have to do with sign language? I don't know. I guess, like, these reviews are like, it's a book about grief. This book hurt so much to read. By the halfway point, I was crying so hard, I had to take it away from myself for the night. I've never made a book that made me cry because something felt too real. I don't cry that often though, so actually... Oh my gosh, yours. Sign language is a bit of a cross between middle grade novel and a young adult novel. It also has nothing to do with sign language itself. The sign language part comes into play because at the start, the main character, Abby, a 12-year-old with no worries, a loving mother, and father likes to talk to her magic eight ball and ask it for a sign regarding her non-existent but very much hopeful love life. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just don't even know what to say. Like, okay, I can understand the title, but it's very misleading because there's something called actual sign language yeah. that's actually a bit more serious yeah. than a 12 year old girl trying to find her love life through a magic eight ball. Mm hmm. Like, I don't think that's a good title. I don't even think the cover is that good either. Yeah. It's kind of just bleh. If the eight ball only comes into play at the beginning of the book, like that person said. It just doesn't make sense. Put more emphasis on the dad dying, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do you want to do the next one? I don't have anything special. I was just, I just pulled up covers from Barnes and Noble. Okay. I have another one if you want to look. I would love to see what all you've got. You've probably got some interesting ones. The Julian game. That's some bright blue hair and some like middle or green <laughs> gloves. Yeah. I'm I can't tell if I'm off foot or slightly intrigued. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So this is by Adele Griffin. And the top like tagline for it is play or get played. <laughs> Isn't that just every high school, like, drama? <laughs> yeah, so it's a young adult contemporary romance. Oh. There you go, gross. Yeah. Doesn't figure aesthetic for I'm covers, though. Naturally drawn. It looks like a murder novel. It does. Ew, I just found cinnamon under my ring for <laughs> making cinnamon rolls. <laughs> gross. Um, all new girl Ray Archer won... Oh, all she wants, that is a horribly phrased sentence, all she wants is a way into the in crowd. So when Ice Queen Ella Parker picks her to get back at her ex, the gorgeous Julian Kilgary, Ray is more than game. Oh my god. Even if it means creating a fake Facebook identity so she can learn enough about Julian to sabotage him. So that's what the blue hair is for? It, it must be... Adele Griffin's riveting novel explores the issues of Generation Facebook. The desire to- Facebook? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. The desire to be someone else, real versus online friends, and the pitfalls and fallouts of posting your personal life online for all the world to judge. 
That's why I don't. I should also say that I found those two books at Ollie's. Do you know what that is? Nope. It's like... I know what Barnes & Noble's is. <laughs> Ollie's is a bargain outlet. So, like, things go there when uh, when they're when they're not bought anywhere else. Oh. So, that explains why. <laughs> Ooh. Those are just... They were there whenever I took that picture. I found um, something that looks interesting. I'm just looking at Barnes Noble's top 100. Um, and I have Chainsaw Man Volume 2. <laughs> what? I don't know. Just look at this. Okay. It's a manga, I think. Volume 2. Ooh, save 10%. Ooh, paperback. Interesting. She has a scythe. I'm kind of, I'm so into manga though, so like I would I would read the first one probably. It says broke young man plus chainsaw dog demon equals what? chainsaw man. Never mind, I don't think I would read that. <laughs> Wait, uh I'm sure I'm gonna butcher Sam's this uh character's name, so I'm bad at speaking in general though. Um, Denji is a poor young man who'll do anything for money, even hunting down devils with his pet devil dog. Oh no. Po Pochita. Pochita. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Um, but his life gets turned upside down when he's betrayed by someone he trusts. Thus the volume two, probably the cliffhanger yeah. volume one right there. Now with the power of a devil inside him, Denji's become a whole new man. Chainsaw man. He's carrying a scythe on the cover. Hmm. Also, that's a girl on the cover. Maybe it's one of the characters. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he does have a chainsaw. In order to achieve the greatest goal in human history. Oh my god, what's the goal? What's the greatest goal in human history, Morgan Nichols? Tell me. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to get this in <laughs> to touch a boob. <laughs> to touch the womanly bosom. Oh my god. Denji will risk everything no. in a fight against the dangerous bat. <laughs> but while getting what he wants actually make him happy. I can't. I can't. That's too funny. Oh my goodness. I regret that. I regret reading that. Just that. Oh, she had There's a lot of manga on here, surprisingly. Do you have one up? Let me see. What do you think of this? It's called Thirst, Volume 4. Oh, there's a girl and a guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, um, adult romance vibes. Mm hmm. I think it's a vampire series. Oh. It's like Christopher Pike. I pulled up the first one on Goodreads. Thirst, number one, is The Last Vampire. Oh wait, it might be three books? I can't tell. The Last Vampire, Black Blood, and Red Dice. 
Okay, yeah, it looks like it is three books in, on here, but... Alyssa? A-L-I-S-A. Your guess is as good as mine. I guess Alyssa has been in control of her urges for the 5,000 years she has been a vampire. <laughs> this is already adult <laughs> romance. This is so perfect. Yeah, the first tag is fantasy. Second is young adult. Down towards the bottom is romance. Like middle of the tags. Hmm. But I bet you. Bet you. Alright. But when her creator returns to hunt her, she must break her own rules in order to survive. Her quest leads her to Ray. Yep, this is a romance. He's the only person who can help her. He also has every reason to fear her. <laughs> Alyssa must get closer to him to ensure her immortality. But as she begins to fall in love with Ray, suddenly there is more at stake than her own <laughs> At stake. <laughs> Lols. Um... Why do you want to keep being immortal? If you're immortal alone, that just sounds terrible. If you're immortal mm. with friends, that's okay. But what if you grow to hate your friends? This is overthinking. <laughs> yeah. Ray. Ray. That's also kind of like a... He sounds... I don't know. I just think just... of the girl from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. See, when someone says, oh yeah, this guy named Ray, I automatically Oh, Raymond! Ray? I think of some guy in, like, a flannel shirt who's, like, vaguely hippie or something. See, I actually knew a Raymond, so I view an old man at a <laughs> very cluttered antique shop who's struggling <laughs> with memory problems. <laughs> you know, that old thing. Yeah. Uh. Is that that one? Hmm? Is that the end for that mm -hmm. one? Cool. So we were looking at this one earlier. Um, pride and premeditation. Oh, yeah. Um, the overview. It has an interesting cover. I guess, like, very pride and prejudice cover. I don't know. So, pride and pre premeditation is the fresh and fun spin on a treasure Jane Austen classic that we didn't know we needed. We didn't need it. Probably not. Probably not. I read that book. Pride and Prejudice? Yeah. Same. <laughs> eh. Eh. It was hard to read. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in my class that actually read the book. I liked watching the movie. Eh. I preferred when we read Hamlet because we watched the movie and there was a part in that movie. It was great. Anyway. Um, <laughs> rather than getting married, 17-year-old Lizzie Bennett... Lit I can speak English. Lizzie Bennett is set on becoming a barrister, just like her father. What's what? that? What's a barrister? How do you spell that? B-A-R-R-I-S-T-E-R. -R -I, -E I could have said that completely wrong. When Charles Bingley is accused oh. of murder. Barrister. I said it right. Yeah. It's a lawyer entitled to practice as an advocate, particularly in the higher courts. Okay, so she's trying to become a lawyer. 
Um, <laughs> and Charles Bingley. Remember Bingley? Mm-hmm. He was a really nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope so. Wasn't he the friend that was interested in her sister? Yeah. Yeah. You know, He's like... Bingley. They were, like, the ones that's just kind of, like... They're, like, the perfect ideal couple, so mm-hmm. there's not much depth to them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was accused of murder. <gasps> Lizzie takes it upon herself to prove his innocence and her legal prowess. Twist and turns abound in this delightfully authentic, yet still utterly original reinterpretation of Pride and Prejudice. Eh. I kind of want to read it. For some reason the other day I had this itch to watch romantic period pieces. So like, Bridgerton. See, you don't get it at all, do you? <laughs> no, no. I think I just want to romanticize my life. A romantic period piece. Um, The Princess Bride? <laughs> I love like, that movie. It's a great movie! It's pretty good. And Nico Montoya, favorite character. No. <laughs> I like the really tall guy, too. They're like my favorite characters in all honesty. Yeah. Because, like, I want that friendship. Inconceivable. <laughs> It's wonderful. It's wonderful. You got something pulled up? I do. What if it's us? I've read this book. Of course you have. I own this book. Oh, no. There are two guys. Is it gay? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Of course it is. It's written by Becky Albertalli. You think I know who that is? She wrote Simon... And the Homo Sapiens agenda or whatever. Do you love think? Simon? I know Love Simon. Yeah. I actually had a very there's a whole story with how I went and ended up watching that movie. Ooh. <laughs> I never watched it. The movie was good. I can't remember it. It came out a long time ago when I was with an interesting friend group. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's about Arthur and Ben. One of them was moving things, like a box. So did someone move in, or did someone move out? Well, actually, they meet at a post office. Oh. And I think, yeah, it's Ben. He's carrying a box of his ex-boyfriend's things. And he's shipping them off to his boyfriend. Why not sell them and make money? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Like, they're still in school together, so it would be kind of weird, but I don't know. It was a good book. I just wanted to see what you thought. Of course you think it's a good book. It's contemporary. It's romance. True. And that is like right. That's literally your alley. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> My alley's a bit different. Mm-hmm. You got anything? Um, I mean... The little engine that could. <gasps> that was my favorite book. It's an amazing book. That oh. and Fox and Socks was my jam. Oh, I was in love with Dr. Seuss. I had like so many books by Dr. Seuss. They're great. The way they just rhymed and it just flowed. Dr. Seuss had flow, guys. <laughs> he had flow. He, I also like the illustrations because they're so fun and wacky. Speaking of, I watched the Cat in the Hat movie while babysitting the kids. Like, we watched it together. I have only seen- I don't think I've ever seen the the entirety of that movie. It's not good. It's really dumb. Do you know who Mike Myers is? 
Maybe. <laughs> um, have very, you ever seen very... Austin Powers? No. Okay, well, he's like a big comedian, and he plays the actual, like, cat in the hat. And I, I don't think he was suited to do that for a kid's movie. Because <laughs> a lot of his jokes were very adult. Like, that's kind of the... Like, you know how kids' movies do that? They sneak in yeah. adult jokes. His were very, It's funny like, to watch them back now that I'm older when I babysit yeah. them. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so, like, he literally had this gardening tool, and he's like, you dirty hoe. Oh! <laughs> I was like, that is so on the nose. Like, kids won't get that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to keep that in the podcast, but... Oh, would that count as a bad word? I don't know. <gasps> Our content is no longer clean. You ruined us. <laughs> I can always, you know, cut it out. But yeah, I saw that movie and I was like, I am not impressed. I would it came like out in two thousand three. Oh, so I would like to take a moment to talk about oh, this yeah. book title. Everything will be okay. Life lessons for young women from a former young woman. From a former young woman. Yep. I like it. It's very to the point. Mm-hmm. Then there's books like Everything is Effed. <laughs> I think I've heard of that. I have a terrible memory, so. You're fine. I think that was nonfiction, so. Oh, so I wouldn't read it. Mm-hmm. Probably why you didn't pay attention to it. Oh! Finally! Something Ooh. interesting on the Ooh. top. These are the top 100 bestsellers at Barnes & Noble, and I'm looking through them like there's an awful lot of manga and um, other books that are more popular. This is interesting, and I really like the cover of this, actually. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Look at how cute is that cover book? is. I really like oh, that. Oh, I like that style. I know. Like it the, reminds me of, um... Like, Chinese paintings, almost. I don't know. Like it reminds... Yeah. Painting. It reminds me of, um... What's it called? The Little Prince. Oh, yeah. Because at the beginning, he's, like, the character dude's drawing anything. I like that. It looks like the... What's the overview? Um... Why did I kind of know? So the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse are not only a thought-provoking, discussion-worthy story, the book itself is an object of art. Yeah. Why is this actually intriguing? The British... The British... The British <laughs> illustrator, artist, and author Charlie... Mekasi... I can't say words. You're good. Um, comes a journey for all ages that explores life's universal life lessons, featuring a hundred color and black and white drawings. And then it gives like a little thing. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Asked the mole. Kind, said the boy. Aww. That's cute. That gives me like Winnie the Pooh vibes. Oh, you're like, right. Sweet and innocent. Yeah. <laughs> I found another one. Mm. It's a manga Ooh. called Library Wars. <gasps> What's it about? <clears throat> Generally intrigued. <clears throat> so I read this one too. Of course you did. 
Okay. In the near future, the federal government creates a committee to rid society of books it deems unsuitable. The libraries vow to protect their collections and, with the help of local governments, form a military group to defend themselves. The library forces. Whoa, 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 wait. So the, the, this is the local government versus the federal government. Yeah. Whoa. The states are rebelling. <laughs> we have the right to bear arms, guys. Protect the books. Yes. So Iku Kasahara has dreamed of joining the Library Defense Force ever since one of its soldiers stepped in to protect her favorite book from being confiscated in a, bo- in a bookstore when she was younger. But now that she's finally a recruit, she's finding her dream do- job to be a bit of a nightmare. Especially since her hard-hearted drill instructor seems to have it in for her. Of course, every drill instructor, every drill instructor has it in for the female. Mm-hmm. That is what we have in a sexist society. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like one of the only females, too. So, just saying a little bit cliche. Yeah, I think that's why I liked it, though. Just a little bit. It is also... They didn't present her very well, either. They present her as someone who, like, can't do anything right. Until closer to the end. So That's not fun. Yeah. So how would you say it was? It was good to read if you like to read dumb things. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's a scalding review. Wow. You just... Hold on. What was that? Oh my gosh. Look at that. Sorry, I found a book cover. It's called Firekeeper's Daughter. Look at that. Ooh. I like that. If only I was allowing myself to buy books right now. What is that? So, debut author, Angeline Bully. I can't pronounce things, so I'm sorry if I say names wrong. Has crafted an immersive and heart-stopping thriller, told through the eyes of 18-year-old Dan- man. All these young adult characters mm-hmm. are now younger than me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Well, my chance has been blown now, huh? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh wait, so this, this dude, a biracial. Unenrolled member of the... Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Ojibwe tribe? I've never heard of that. With crystal meth abuse. Ooh. On the rise in her community. Okay. Um. Donis, I can't pronounce names. I'm so sorry. Uses her knowledge of science and native medicine to go undercover. Undercover as a confidential informant with the FBI. Hmm. So this is... Interesting. Oh, so she's Native American. So it's also like about inclusion. So that's really interesting. So she's like working with the FBI. Yeah. Huh. I like that. It's got a really nice cover too. Mm-hmm. Would you read it? Probably not. Fair enough. What do you think of this one? 
My ideal boyfriend is a croissant. <laughs> oh. I took this picture before I even started dating my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. My ideal boyfriend is a croissant. Under the coming soon in the teen and young adult session is a rainbow rowl book. Anyway, the wind blows. Queen! Is that the third one? I don't know. But all I'm, all, I get the queen reference right there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the wind blows. Mm -hmm. Let me pull up. The Betrayed. The Kingdom of yeah. Cursed. So the first book's called Carry On. You have that one. Yes. So Carry and you On. Ha you had the second book. On. As we mentioned well, in the previous match one. the first one. So. You had it. Yeah, it is the third one. Some of these book covers. But yeah, so like... Carry On and Any Way the Wind Blows are references to that song. By Queen. Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. But then it's Wayward Son comes in and doesn't match the rest. <laughs> so. I mean, it doesn't match with lyrics. I guess they... Like, I guess you could say the wayward son is, like, the singer because yeah. they need to kill someone. There's a lot going on in that song. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun to sing, though. <gasps> what is this? A book by an author that... Hold on. Hold on. What? Spill. So, um, Susan Dennard's coming out with a new book! Ooh. Um. Is she an author you like? Yeah, I have her first four books in this series, although one of them is like a prequel. So there it goes. <laughs> the title's a little <laughs> disheartening. Um, so it's all. The first books are Truth Witch, Wind Witch, Blood Witch, and this one's called Witch Shadow. <laughs> but we're still excited! Yeah, I'm still really excited. I need to reread that series, actually. Perfect. You know when you get into a series and it gets convoluted? Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. All of Cassandra Clare's books are convoluted. Oh my gosh! Oh wait, no. I was like, it's coming out in June. No, it's just a available. No! It is available! White Trash, the 400-year-old... 400-year untold story of class in America. That's the book we... I took a picture of that when we went to Brumbach. Yes. That was in the non-fiction section. Wow, that's coming out. I see a lot of uh, redone Disney stuff. There, I saw one about Hercules earlier, and now I see one about Cinderella. Cinderella dressed in yellow. Ooh. This is just like us looking at books now. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It is nice. When did you want to stop? We're at 30 minutes. Do you want to aim for like 45? Sure. Cool. Oh! 
Hey! Hmm. So, I think, so there's this artist on Instagram, maybe? I can't tell. I think the style is a little different, but there was this artist on Instagram that, like, drew Teen Titans, but, like, more modern. And it was really cool to, walk, to like, look at them, because it's, like, I miss Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch, like, the original Teen Titans? I probably not. I did. I have all five seasons on DVD. Which one is that? Like, what's the original Teen? Well, the original was from, like, DC, but then there's, like, Teen Titans, the animated show for, like... Not Teen Titans Go? No. No. Teen Titans... Oh, I watched that. Yeah. And yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that one better than the Teen Titans go. Yeah, there's apparently a book. It's oh called gosh. Beast Boy Loves Raven. I never liked that shit, though. Oh my gosh, I have a book for you. I'm scared. No, don't be scared. It's oh. related. Oh, it's listed. Yay. Oh my gosh, you can't even remember. Oh! One second. Consulting. There we go, beautiful creatures. Beautiful creatures. Um, one of the authors of Beautiful Creatures did a book about Raven, if I remember correctly. They all have deep... Okay, any superhero has good deep lore when you go back into the original stuff for them. But their outfits are also way more adult. Mm-hmm. I found a book that you yeah. would like. Yeah, I found it. What's it called? The romance -y. A romance? It's a romance? Is it romance? Uh, I'm asking Oh, wait, you. this... Oh. It looks it. It looks um, young adult contemporary romance, so just by the cover. I don't even need to check. I just like, Rose, you would like this. Okay, what's it called? Um, Flash Fire, The Extraordinaries. Oh, this is book two. Interesting. These are all like the new ones coming up though, so of course it's new. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the explosive sequel. <laughs> Boop. Marking that as to be read. <laughs> um, it's Nick landed himself the superhero boyfriend of his dreams. But with new <laughs> but with new heroes arriving in Nova City, it's up to Nick and his friends to determine who is virtuous and who is villainous. Which is a lot to handle for a guy who just wants to finish his self insert bakery AU fanfic. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um Look at this cover. This is how I knew you'd like it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It, is, so it makes very good use of different colors and the foreground and background. Um, and it has, I'm guessing, the two main characters are staying on a rooftop across from each other, which honestly, like, COVID. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I have to stay at least. What's it called? Teen Titans. Yeah, that's by the same guy that this one is. Uh, the Raven, Beast Boy Lives Raven. Really? Mm-hmm. Gabriel Piccolo. 
Yes. He's the illustrator. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Oh, that's book three. So the first one is Raven. Second boy's second one is Beast Boy, and the third one is Beast Boy Loves Raven, which coming out this year. <gasps> what? Ah, oh, so confused. Did you like the Black Widow? Black Widow? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. Sorry, sorry. I just saw a title for a book that I need now, but it doesn't come out. When does it come out? Tell me. September 14th. Great, great. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Wait, if that one comes out then, and the other one also comes out in September, when do they come out? Bruh. I just found this series called At First Sight. There's like a half book, so like a short story. They come out on the same day. Nice. No. <laughs> Guess who's going to Barnes and Noble September 14th? Me. You are. Hey, you want to meet me at Barnes and Noble? Anyone? We can talk about books. I'll be in St. Louis. Wow. Yeah. Rip. I'll be here. I'll go to my own Barnes and Noble in St. Louis. <laughs> Is there one in St. Louis? You gotta look for one, I girl. Look. If there isn't, it's saving me from myself. No. St. Louis. It's Barnes depriving you. Noble. Oh, I love this cover. Ooh. Oh, looks like there is. Okay, just look at this cover. That's actually really pretty. Ooh, small favors. Yeah. Is that honey? I know, that's what I'm bees. thinking! Aww. It's actually a really pretty cover. So... Apparently it's haunting. Interesting. Oh! Yep, strange activities begin to plague the town. Hmm. Interesting. Oh my gosh. There's something... Interesting. Actually quite interesting. Just interesting. I have a large vocabulary after reading so many books. <laughs> oh! Um, found two books that you might- I think this one you'd be interested in. The Ghost We Keep. Look at the cover, very interesting. I think that's a very good way to portray that, actually, probably. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's about, like, like something that someone did to him in the past and how, like, your actions have consequences even further down the line on the people who leave impacts. Probably. Mason Deaver. Everything happens for a reason. Oh. Oh. There goes his older brother. So, um... Everyone, everything happens for a reason, at least that's what everyone keeps telling Liam Cooper after his older brother Ethan is killed by a sudden hit and run. I think everything happens for a reason is a very bad way to comfort someone when someone they love has died. Yeah, that is. Everything happens for a reason. Thank you! What unseen force should I thank for killing my brother then? 
There's a readers also enjoyed section on Goodreads, and it says Bloom, which is a book that I'm also interested in, so there you go. And also Extraordinaries, the Extraordinaries that you just pointed out. Oh, yeah, that one! Yeah, you pointed out the second book. Because it looked like a book you would like, Rose. I'm thinking of your bank account. Thank you. And, and how much it will hate me. What do you think of this? Tales of the Sea Witch. What? I like the cover. It's purple. Wow. <laughs> but I like the art style, though. Yeah. Interesting. Is it, a, is it a series or anything? Or is it just like a one-off book? Looks like a one-off. Let's see. Hey, remember that book that you showed me that was called, like, What If It's Us? Yeah. Um, to piggyback, they wish they were us. <laughs> is that blood at the bottom of it? Yep. Most <laughs> definitely by Jessica Goodman. That's a name I know I pronounced right. If I pronounced it wrong, then, like, you know what? This is it. They wish they were us. They'll never catch us and untitled. What? Oh, so there's... It's gonna be a trilogy. Oh. Careful. Hope it's a, it's a murder mystery. Well, I figured there was blood. Ooh, readers also enjoyed The Queen of Nothing by Holly Black. I love that! Oh my gosh! So you might enjoy this book. I might. We'll see. Probably won't read it. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Probably won't read it. Divergent tenth anniversary edition, I'm guessing. Ironheart. Dancing at the pity party. You mean the party I'm having alone in my room? <laughs> Who says that's out of pity? I'm having a good time. Rise of Rebellion. Not the Rebellion, of Rebellion. What is this cover? Oh, it's, um, it's book six in a series. Oh. Interesting. I think it's only gonna be an ebook. It's three ninety nine. Mm. I'd like you to look at this cover. I'm trying to figure it out. It doesn't make sense even when you do figure it out. Well, this is book six in a series. I'm sure people who have read it understand. Um, that's just not an appealing cover. To me. The queen will betray you. Duh. Remember how when we did our Don't Judge a Book by- Wait! Hold on! Hmm! Wait! Wait a second! Why am I judging this? This is actually really interesting looking. I feel so bad. I was like, remember how we said we don't like it when we see real people? But no, they're like artists! Like, they were like, oh. they look real good, don't they? That- yeah, that oh. actually looks good. I know! Hold on. What are you about? Is that 
Oh, wait. Oh, that's the second book. Ooh. Do I need another trilogy? No. Oh gosh, do I want one? Maybe. Oh goodness. Do you have any other really good ones? Mm. Why why are some older books available for pre-order on Barnes and Noble still? Mm. Because I've seen two books that have been out but they're still available for pre-order. Is it like a Barnes and Noble exclusive edition or something weird? You know what? I didn't actually look, so maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh. <clears throat> I would like to announce the Queen's Council Rebel Rose. Oh. I like it. <laughs> Are you looking up all of these? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Happily Ever After is only the beginning as Belle takes on the responsibility of becoming queen. Oh, so it's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. Beauty has broken the curse. Now she must rise to be queen. Fantasy retellings. Oh, but it's know. like in the real world. In 19... It's 19. It's 1789 and France is on the brink of revolution. When... Man, they actually kind of oh, made it real. This it came out in twenty twenty. See these older books. <laughs> I do like retellings. Like I really enjoyed that Lunar Chronicle series. Yeah, I don't know if I'd read it just because it's a retelling. Cause like, eh. it's it's a good retelling though. It takes the same themes, but it's not the same story. I mean, because you did say that in the first one, Cinder was adopted, so that would be a retelling. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's huge. This book feels like a threat. <laughs> I, this book feels like it's threatening me. You'd be home now. I know. It's probably about suicide or oh. drug usage. But just from the top. But like, it feels like a threat. Ooh. Are you intrigued now? I found a book. Ooh, you found a book? Let's go. A heart so fierce and broken. It's a, yeah. I feel like I've seen that. <laughs> your face. <laughs> your I feel I've seen that. <laughs> what is in here now? <laughs> I just, I think I have. Interesting. Hmm. I think I passed over though. Curse breakers. Hey, there's the princess will save you. 
A curse so dark and lonely, a heart so fierce and broken. Yeah, a curse so dark and lonely. I've seen that a lot. A vow so bold and deadly. Cool. They kept up the titling. Thank you. Inconsistent titling makes me upset sometimes. <laughs> like, where's the wayward son, huh? Right. Oh my gosh. There's a section on the Barnes and Noble's website, um, the teens and young adult section called Book Talk. Ooh. And it's books that, from Book Talk. So like I've seen The Song of Achilles, they both die in the end. A lot of Sarah J. Mass because there was a one of her recent books came out, chapter fifty five was apparently smut, so Book Talk was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen. They are also really obsessed with the Shadow and Bone stuff from Lay Part. I don't know how to say her name, but I read um, Six of Crows by her. Mm. So yeah. I've heard of Shadow and Bone, but I don't know what it's about. It's about. A time before Six of Crows, when there's a war, and there's a character called Alina, I think. There's a Darkling. There's definitely someone called the Darkling. I'm pretty sure... What's her lovely name is in it? Oh, good night. I can't remember. What's her name? It's loud. I did not realize. What is, what are the, what's her name? I'm stupid. <laughs> I just turned off my computer. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I need the characters. Thank you, internet, for also having the same questions as me. Nina! I'm pretty sure Nina's in there. And then so is Matthias, because I'm pretty sure that's when you first meet them. Um, it all takes place before Six of Crows. Grisha are people with powers. There's different sections of them. Like Nina's a heart trender, so she can like mess with your heart. <laughs> I can't remember it very well. It's okay. It's been a while. Everyone really likes it. I'm not gonna read them. Um, honestly, every book I see on Book Talk, I'm like, that looks interesting. I'm not gonna read it. <laughs> you become too famous for my liking. Ooh, ooh, under the Everyone's Talking About series, your favorite author, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> is it Midnight Sun? It is! Ugh. It's not good. Well, preach that, preach that. I need the series I read more represented. Please and thank you. Yeah. So. Book covers. Yeah. Were really interesting. I really. The Ollie's books were really interesting. If anything, this was just more us finding books. Yeah. <laughs> Probably won't buy any actually. I'm way too picky. 
Yes, you are. I've been noticing that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this will be... Nope. She's not impressed. <laughs> I am it's okay. not too impressed. What can I say? My standards are high. I've read a lot of good books. Mm -hmm. And I will never be able to find a boyfriend. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> you know, correlation is a causation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> burned. <laughs> wow, just attack me like that. <laughs> I wasn't attacking you. <laughs> sure, you were. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we hit a good spot. Yes. Let's, uh,. Go I hope you read some of those books that I found for you, actually. Yeah, like I marked a lot of them. I will. I actually, I'm really interested in that superhero one. Mhm. Mm so I hope you read those and you tell yeah, me about them. I will. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. So thank you for listening to us. Just kind of ramble on yeah. and go on and look at different book covers. It was really, I really enjoyed looking at art actually a mm -hmm. lot. So, good book covers. Thank you, artist. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm just <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram at yeah. We Booked It. Mm -hmm. Are we gonna do the covers? Yes, we. I. I we'll think we should. Okay, we'll make a compilation. Yeah. Do a few posts, put them on the stories or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. As, As for, for now, now, we gotta book it. it.